Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's May 24th, 2021, and it's Monday night, so the boys are back in town. Roz, Justin, and I'm Jack, and tonight, after this episode, we're all thinking three hours almost seems like it's not enough time for <laughs> Monday Night Raw. Uh, how are you guys feeling today, Justin, Raj? How are you guys doing? It's all a sequel. It's, it's a, yeah, it, it, there was a lot of deja vu tonight with tonight's Raw. And look, I mean, there was some, you know, we'll, we'll get into Raw here in a little bit after the news, but there was, you had some good matches, but that's just not enough. You need yeah. more. You need excitement. You need unpredictability. Um, and, and just this, just having a good Xavier Woods, Matt Riddle, and Charlotte Brisaska, those matches were both good. Charlotte Brisaska did go on forever. Um, uh, it just it just felt so redundant uh, pretty much the whole show while we let the uh, viewers filter in here live i think it's worth pointing out before we get into the real heart of the issues jack farmer's wearing a hoodie yeah look at what we've done to him yeah you know guys <laughs> i thought it was so fun all dressing together with the suits and the ties last week i was like why not keep it going why not try something different i put the hoodie on and let me tell you Raw is much more enjoyable when you've got something comfy on. Raw sucks when you're wearing a tie the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because imagine it's like watching Raw, but you can't breathe. So it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jack, if Raw is not going to bring their best, you do not need to dress your best. Right. <laughs> to feel more comfortable, I do have my slacks and dress shoes on underneath all this. No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, and your hair is still nicely done, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost put the hood up, but then I was like, "No, that might be too far." Uh, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, but you know, uh, you mentioned we got some news this week, guys. We had a bunch of actually interesting news. First and foremost, I want to talk to you guys about Velveteen Dream got released and. Velveteen Dream broke his silence about his release in an Instagram story. He explained his side of all the stuff that went down with the allegations back last year. And Patrick Clark stated, Dream is officially over, but Patrick Clark will live to fight another day. Uh, Raj, we'll start with you. Um, do you think making a statement like this after everything that's gone on, has this done him any favors? I know sometimes it can be murky waters responding to these kind of things. I mean, obviously, it would have been better to do it earlier. I mean, he kind of cited protecting his character for not doing that, which went, you know, this is 
these are you know the one accusation was very serious so um you know we've seen what happened with anthony weiner you know ended up in jail so uh at, at that point it you know maybe protecting your character isn't the whole thing but at the same time it's if he doesn't want to litigate it online and you know they are doing an investigation behind the scenes you know we don't know about all that wwe has been very quiet but they did say they did an investigation it didn't turn up anything uh, I mean, Triple H pretty much said it was uh, Velveteen Dream trying to help these guys out. And so who knows, you know, um, but, uh, you know, no, no charges have ever been pressed against Dream. And uh, and yeah, and he's been released. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. I agree. I think maybe saying something sooner rather than later would have been probably a good move, but Again, it's easy for me to talk about that kind of stuff, not being in the situation. Uh, Justin, I want to ask you, what do you think is next for Velveteen Dream? Do you think he gets picked up somewhere? Do you think he takes some time off, moves to something different? Any ideas or thoughts on what could be next for him? Well, we haven't seen the last of Patrick in the wrestling business. I believe that because he is young um, and he does have a a lot of natural ability in just understanding the business and 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 being a character and and wrestling, you know, the dream gimmick might be done, but I I I find it hard to believe just based upon what wrestling shown us of the second, third, and fourth chances people have been given that he's not going to get picked up anywhere. Um, you know, maybe not right away. I think what's I think what's tough to, back to the the conversation of like you know should he have uh, put out this this explanation his side of the story. I mean, I guess maybe he probably stayed quiet when he was still with the company because, again, the company backed him on this issue. They, they mm-hmm. as Russia, yeah, they said we've done our own investigation. There's nothing, you know, there's right. nothing to this. So I get him not saying anything because if they're saying keep your mouth shut, we're we're we believe you. We 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 think your explanation is is correct. I mean, I think that's what this boils down to more. I mean, I don't know if it helped him. You know, I mean the whole the whole explanation of you know I haven't spoke about this up to this point because i wanted to protect my gimmick i mean i'm all for having a great gimmick and and trying to uh you know 2021 you know everybody's got a twitter everybody's got an instagram you know it's hard to always be in character i mean i I get that but i mean these are pretty serious accusations so i think at some point certain things merit um you know uh, dropping i think what i think really what it comes down to uh, i don't know whether the accusations are, are are have validity or not and that's not for me to speculate it's mm-hmm. not for any of us really to speculate. I think what it comes down to, I think what it boils down to is the guy was talented, but he was obviously a pain in the ass to deal with. Because that seems to be what is surfacing from, you know, more, more and more we're hearing from people, you know, whether they want to go on the record necessarily. But it seems like he just wasn't a, a, an easy guy necessarily to be around. Maybe just not likable. That that seems to be what it is. And, you know, look, we, Ultimate Warrior's a hot topic this week of documenting his life. And, uh, you know, you can you can have a lot of fanfare and an interesting look and character and gimmick. But if you're not willing to, if people don't want to do business with you, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to be around you and, 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 a, and a genre that is built on trust internally. That's a problem. Yeah. And you know, there were, uh, there was a report, uh, Brian Alvarez had stated that the reason why Velveteen dream was released wasn't the allegations. It was rumors of his behavior. Um, which makes sense because these accusations are, you know, a year old. Um, so, yeah, you know, look, if if he can, you know, pull himself together, if the accusations aren't true 
and he he can pull himself together. He's incredibly talented. He had everything, uh, just athletic ability, a great look, a great gimmick. Uh, if he is innocent, then you know, hopefully he, it turns out okay for him. If he's not, uh, hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, and Jack, to your question to me, to circle it back, to, to bring it full circle, mm-hmm. like I said, I don't think we've seen the last of Patrick uh, in the wrestling business. To Raj's point, if if this truly does go away, and it is you know, an unfortunate blip on his career radar of, of accusations that maybe are false and never get founded, if he can b- better himself or improve in wherever he might need to improve in, I don't put it out of question that the Velveteen Dream is back in the WWE world you know, in some matter of time, year, two, three years, whatever it is. Because, again, he has a lot. I mean, again, I, I cited this last week. John Cena publicly spoke about and named this guy. John Cena, who is one of the most meticulous PR people in the spot that he's in, he does not slip up. He knows how to be John Cena all the time, which is a, a which to me sounds like an exhausting task. <laughs> yes. He always is on. And for him to make a conscious effort to name that talent several years ago, he named Velveteen Dream as a guy that he could look at as being maybe the next flag car- flag, you know, flag bearing guy for the company. That's huge. So I don't put it past if 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 Patrick can do what he's gonna do, that maybe we have not seen the last of him at some point in WWE. Yeah, I'll, I'll say just to piggyback on that one, you're right. John Cena never slips. And if there was any question of that, it was when Shaq tried to see if he caught him on AEW and he <laughs> seamlessly slipped through that. Uh, but yeah, I always thought Velveteen Dream, like if I could buy stock in a wrestler, I always say Velveteen Dream was the guy I would say he's the Amazon of wrestler stock. I thought he had everything he could have done. So hopefully you know, and to Raj's point, like hopefully, it, you know, the allegations aren't true and hopefully he can get past all those things and then get back in there and start doing some good stuff. Because as far as the talent goes, what we saw on TV, which is really all I can speak to, he was phenomenal. He was great. So in that world, I hope he's successful and I hope he's able to come back and I hope all the other stuff finds a way to work itself out, as it says. Um, speaking of working itself out, it seems like not having fans is starting to work itself out. SummerSlam looking like it's going to happen in Vegas. Dave Meltzer is reporting that it's going to be in Vegas and looking like Allegiant Stadium. I love the idea of SummerSlam in Sin City, but it was originally thought to be on August 22nd, and now it looks like that might get moved because Manny Pacquiao is going to fight on the 21st. And, I mean, how can WWE have the biggest show of the summer when it's not even the biggest show on the weekend? Uh, Justin, how do you feel about SummerSlam in Vegas? Uh, I mean, is that, is, that the, is that the latest? Are we are they going to move the date, or is that just... No, I don't think it's the date. That's... I think it's it might be the venue. Or the venue, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think they might move that to... Uh, I, mean, they, I mean, actually, who knows? I mean, right now, as it stands, that's where they're supposed to be doing is the stadium. But they could always move it to one of the other arenas if they feel like they can't sell it out. With Now, the Pacquiao fight taking place the night before... Um, Will that hurt, you know, their chances of filling the stadium? And, and you know, Meltzer did bring up some good points. Like WWE has never done well in Vegas. They did WrestleMania nine in Vegas, and that didn't sell out. Oof. That's WrestleMania, and that was a makeshift stadium. So they got to they got to d- determine their own attend their own seating capacity. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that was Hulk Hogan returning after a year. Granted, the rest of the card wasn't, uh, you know, anything that marquee, but 
it, you know, that was, uh, they've just never been hot there. I know WCW, they they were. I remember when I'd go to Vegas in the, in the late 90s and you'd see just at the MGM Grand, you know, the video wall just current, constantly showing uh, the WCW uh, Nitro trailer over and over. Um, but, yeah, man, Allegiant Stadium, that's going to be a tough one. And so... Why, um, why yeah, do you think... I'm sorry to cut you off, Justin. Why do you, Raj? Why do you think that is that WCW can do so well there and WWE struggles? I mean, if I would imagine at the end of the day, it's wrestling fans. Why would they go to? I don't know why they would support one over the other. Um, you know what? I don't know if they really went during the Attitude Era that that many times. I no, I, I think you know Halloween Havoc used to be yeah at the MGM Grand every October. First off, you're talking about it, and then uh, Halloween Havoc in the late '90s. So it was wrestling's mm-hmm. ultimate boom period. So, you know, you can make an argument that, that the same people, the same younger demo that's going to spend money and let loose in Vegas for a weekend in October, finds pro wrestling cool. Oh, like Goldberg and the NWO. Like it was things that were very, you know, in, in pop culture. So that worked. But I also don't know. I mean, and maybe Meltzer, I know with his with his bookkeeping, could we could dig this up. I don't know how many of those were ticket buying fans or how many tickets were given away or mm. given it given as part of like a comp package for a casino and hotel of, Oh, if you book an extra night here, we'll give you a, a, a bleacher seat to, you know, I don't know all those semantics. I, I've been here in Vegas actually for over a month as being where WWE was looking to target SummerSlam and uh, okay. Maybe government wise of how their state is and okay. You know, nice weather, but I, I did scratch my head on like to the point wrestling in vegas has never been because i mean you are competing with you're competing with so much else and especially wrestling when the primary demo at least wwe is a it just it's geared younger I, I, I'm, I'm, aew did sell out that first double or nothing really fast in vegas um and granted you had people flying in from everywhere you know it wasn't a vegas crowd it was people at the you know the first few aew shows the, people were flying in what was the what was the capacity though like what was this? it was like thirteen thousand. okay that's bigger than i thought it was okay it, yeah yeah no they did i mean they did well for that first one um they haven't you know obviously they weren't able to go back last year because of the the pandemic so you know if they're counting on if they could I mean, I feel like they have to come up with a big SummerSlam match. You need Brock. And you need Brock. You yeah, need yeah. Brock. I mean, I mean, come on, fight, you know, fight, shoot fighting Vegas. I mean, uh, you know, if if Lashley's still champion, which at least by the next month that seems like he's at least I think he's getting through Hell in a Cell, which we'll get to. I mean, just give us the Brock Lashley, yeah. Bobby Lashley fight. Yeah, yeah, Brock will sell tickets. I think, especially to your point. Yeah, in Vegas, that's basically home turf for him at this point after being in the UFC. Um, speaking of home turf, Kenny Omega taking some shots at good old JR online. Basically what happened on social media, Jim Ross said he thinks Randy Orton is the best wrestler going today. And Jericho responded saying he thinks Kenny Omega is Kenny Omega responded to both of them, implying in a very non-complimentary sarcastic way that he agrees with JR, but mocking him for accidentally calling him the WWE champion previously uh, fellas, is there thunder in paradise over at uh, AEW between Kenny Omega and Jim Ross? And he agrees with Chris Jericho, right? Because Chris Jericho yeah. said Omega was the best. Yeah. Uh, I, I, who knows? It could be. <laughs> he could be just having fun and just playing up yeah. the heel character on Twitter, which is probably what it is. Um, it's an interesting, it's a weird debate. Um, 
it is interesting that basically one of the most, probably the most, the second most well-known guy on the, you know, that's involved with AEW is Jim Ross. And for him to say WWE guy is the best wrestler right now is that is interesting, you know, and, and that's, um, and, and by no means do I think he's looking to go elsewhere or anything like that. I think he's just being brutally honest and that's just what he likes. And look, I'm kind of the same way. Uh, I wouldn't say Randy Orton, um, but you know, for me, it's not just the in ring. It's kind of everything else that goes with it. And so, yeah, I think, I think Omega is just having fun, but he probably was taking a little shot at Jr. giving it back to him a little bit. Yeah, obviously, it's always a matter of you know what what's your criteria of the greatest wrestler? Right. Are you talking bell to bell, or you talk, you know whatever? And again, I'm like Raj. I I think Kenny Omega is very good bell to bell, but I think if you're talking about the full presentation and drawing power, I don't think Kenny Omega is in the top three right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there's too much. Look, Jr. is very honest. If you actually, if, but if you do hear the rest of the soundbite and quote, he even says that there are people that might say Kenny Omega and that they have the right to the opinion. He you know notes that Omega is damn good. Um, I do. Th- I, I think this is probably Kenny just having fun. They, they, who knows? Kenny and Jim might have privately had a laugh after that uh, slip up that Jr. had of calling him the WWE champion on Dynamite, which is what Kenny, you know, notes in this tweet. What's What's kind of most interesting to me is that Kenny decides to sarcastically quote tweet Jericho. You know, Jericho is putting him over and say, "Nah, I'd rather listen to the." The, the bigoted cuck and the <laughs> just uh, cornet which is yeah. cornet the, the 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 you know the wwe dimwit fans like i kind of find it funny like he that's what's interesting is that he decided to like lump ross into that like right <laughs> he, you know he might have actual respect for jim ross and just get that jr had a, just a, a misstep on live tv make no mistake yeah. jim cornet is not a favorite in the aew locker room <laughs> no. so to lump jr in with that is kind of like ooh, that that's what <laughs> kind of makes it sore and sour is to do that but uh yeah. who I mean, are yeah. the top three justin uh, like right now yeah i mean i would agree i think orton's in that top three because i mean mm-hmm. i i mean my criteria is i base not only what you can do about a bell but i just base the entire believability the presence the everything i mean so yeah, or, you, know, he, you know i think orton's in the top three of just the way he's performing um god i mean i'd even i'd even put jericho up there of how captivating he is promo and all um you know, third i mean i i you know i know this is this might really be a reach to some people but Carrying Cross, while he hasn't got to do it on a big stage in front of more than a few hundred people uh, in the uh, mm-hmm. in the Capitol Wrestling Center, he's just got everything. I mean, he he, he I'm I'm most captivated by anybody than him. When like when I see him on screen promo or otherwise, I'm glued. I think he has the co- complete package. Jack, what do you think? I think those are great picks. I'd go. I think Randy Orton is probably one of those top three guys. I'd say Roman Reigns right now. Uh, without a doubt. And I'd say Cody Rhodes in a way, I think as far as at least carrying the flag of AEW, as far as someone who just represents a company and everything, I'd go Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Roman's in there too. I mean, th- three's tough because there's always like yeah. a 2A, 2B. Yeah. Roman's yeah. in there. Of course. But I just don't think Kenny, I think Kenny, I think Kenny's good for the audience he's good for. Right. And, and, and <clears throat> but I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't say he's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. If, if it, for me, it's it's Roman, uh, Jericho, and MJF. Those three guys, whenever they're on, I'm watching. You know, they, they've got my attention. And they make me care about their storyline. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. All Real good quick, picks, uh, but... Jax Callens with the 499 Super Chat saying, going back to fans and attendance, awesome. 
I'm excited. Will it help their crap creative? What do you think? Maybe motivation for WWE to wake up a bit. I think uh, a good crowd, I think, can actually cover up a lot of bad stuff, honestly. I know that's not the most, uh, that's kind of a a backhanded compliment, but uh, I think a good loud crowd can make anything sound better. Uh, And hopefully, I think, and Justin, this is something you've been alluding to for a while now, I think they're holding off as well until crowds are back to really start delivering some things. So I think so. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a huge double-edged sword, with, and, I, and I think Raj also is doing the same thing on his timeline tonight. Like, it's great that we now have a date. We all can circle the calendar, and it is exciting. It is exciting because we can now. I mean, we've lived through this hell for the last, and hell meaning just this pandemic, not mm. just pro wrestling. The hell for the last year and, and plus of like now we actually have a date. But that's also like now that WWE has a date, and they now can count backwards. It does feel like, especially with Monday Night Raw, SmackDown's been better, you know, and, and NXT's NXT, but especially with Raw, it feels like, God, they could just get an ultra super mode of, well, let's not do this. That's going to be way better when we have fans. And, and, and then we're going to hit the repeat, rinse, recycle even more, which is scary to think. I uh, want to get back in front of fans. I am encouraged to think that when we get back in front of fans, we will not have any worry of like beach balls being tossed around or UF'd up, or boring. Like, I mean, fans are going to appreciate for a little while. Eventually, get back mm-hmm. yeah. they're going to appreciate for a little while, which that'll be nice. But, uh, yeah, I worry about the creative decision-making and, and, and justification. Right. I think we're going to see a lot of different uh, opinions than what we expect. Combo Breaker says, uh, Roman versus Seth at SummerSlam. Um, Kind of looks like it could happen. I'd like to see it. I think those two guys are great. SummerSlam feels like I know everyone hates guys like Goldberg coming back, but I feel like Summer Roman needs kind of a an edge or someone coming back for a big match like that personally. But so Edge is advertised for the SmackDown in Houston on on July sixteenth, as is Sasha Banks. So he should be back. If not that, it's if it's not that night, it's by then. So um, you know Rollins that that would be the next big thing, the next best thing. If you're not doing Brock. Uh, you know, if if Brock's coming, I'd say Brock and Reigns for Mania, uh, do Brock versus Lashley at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. um, and and so yeah, on the SmackDown side, Seth is probably the biggest thing. It is heel versus heel, so I don't know if you turn Seth babyface. Another name we're leaving out that you got it. I know it's been circulated. We had on Wrestling Inc. You get back in front of fans. You got to get John Cena back. Oh yeah, dun, 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 dun. So, yeah. So where, so where does John Cena fit in? I'll tell you what. I think. You know, because Heyman's with Reigns, and that's really working well. I think Brock comes back, and I, you know, I, I know it'd be weird to see Brock without without Heyman. And when Brock did come back in 2012 for that time without Heyman, his promos just aren't the same. You know, but I think you know, uh, Brock with Lashley, and then this heel Roman up against a returning, you know, probably refreshed babyface John Cena. Woo. And who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe huge. Maybe Heyman's on both camps. Maybe Heyman pulls double duty, and he's got Roman on Fridays. He's got Brock on Monday, and then Jack, like you said, that comes to a head. Come to Mania. I mean, but I, I think, you know, I mean, maybe because I think maybe Paul does need to cut promos for Brock. Uh, yeah. But but I mean, right there, I, mean, I think I think that's your SummerSlam, you know, two punch right there. Your double main event. Yeah, that'd be Le- huge. Lesnar, Lashley, Cena, Reigns. That'd be huge if they if they did that. That would be something. I mean, I know the criticism is you're not pushing any of your younger stars, but they're, that's where we are right now. And, and there's no one really uh, uh, of the younger talent. And really, all the younger talent are still above 30. 
yeah. on the main roster. So you, you do those two. You do see where Riddle and Orton are. Are they are they ready to win tag titles? Are they ready to fight each other? I don't know. I mean, Karrion Cross is probably still in NXT at that point, but maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I mean, but like I, you know, I, I think there's yeah, the, the, those top two main events might have a lot of older talents or established talents already, but I think the rest of your card could see uh, good sprinkles of, okay, here's the guy we're, you know, here's the guy we're putting the rocket to almost with a, you know, there's a lot of potential. Alistair yeah. Black. Yeah, because Bender Rodriguez bringing up Reigns already beats him, that doesn't matter. A different it's, time. It's a different time, yeah. And I, I want to say about the whole, you know, younger talent thing, I like the idea of younger talent, but it sometimes it's okay to have, old, like, the guys who've been around. So it's okay to have the big stars battling it out. I think that's okay. I don't think it needs to always be a new guy coming up and stepping in. Sure. If only they did more of using the older guys to elevate some new talent as opposed to just the same talent. And that's been a problem over year after year after year. But yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Speaking of, uh, of older talent, there's a, uh, warrior, uh, ultimate warrior's wife, but blast the dark side of the ring. So, uh, Dana warrior while promoting the A and E biography of the ultimate warrior was asked by a fan. If she endorsed the dark side of the ring episode. And she said, I had no part in this project. Smut and filth does not rise to my note. Um, I'm not really shocked that uh, someone didn't like a show called dark side of the ring when talking about their family. I imagine you know, those aren't going to be the most complimentary kind of shows. Um, but any thoughts on her taking a shot at uh, Dark Side of the Ring? I mean, to be um, expected. I mean, you know, she participated in the A&E documentary, which, you know, looked at some of Warrior's troubles, but it ultimately wrapped it up in a happy bow of he got in the Hall of Fame and found purpose and, and happiness. I mean, look, the Dark Side of the Ring, it's it's going to dive into pro- the even darker things that, the A&E may have not really gone into, and it's going to have his wife prior to Dana Warrior, who's speaking. And, you know, so I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, Dana, you know, Dana Warrior, who's the mother of of Warrior's kids, and uh, again, who was married to him when he passed away. Like, it, it's going to go into specifics, at least alleged specifics from other people, of stuff that just 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 paints him. You know, in an even worse light than some of the A and E documentary stuff. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that she would not want to participate. In that I mean, remember Dana Warrior every year is at the WWE Hall of Fame, helping present uh, an award called the Warrior Award. I mean, so she's part of the WWE family by extension, uh, and, and nobody that's part of current WWE family at the time goes on Dark Side of the Ring. You know, uh, so it, you know, not not really a surprise here. Yeah, and um, they did release a, a clip, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, of Warrior's ex-wife talking about him and talking about the infidelity and saying after, you know, once he beat Hogan, became this big star, he became distant and just weird, and he basically turned from Jim Helwig at home until the Ultimate Warrior. Um, it's kind of a, you know, unflattering look at him. So it's going to be very different in tone. Um it's you know I thought the uh, you know I was actually surprised with the Ultimate Warrior one uh, by WWE and AEW I'm AEW A and D because I didn't think they were going to touch you know some of the controversial blog posts that Warrior made and the homophobic comments he's made in the past stuff that was you can argue were, was racist in his blog posts um, I, I thought they were um, and they didn't go too in depth into it but they did. They did cover it. 
So I, I thought the, you know, again, it's like their other documentaries. It was an easy watch. Uh, they did touch on that. They didn't make him out to be a saint. They talked about that that kid at the airport that um, he was a total, you know, dick to, <laughs> uh, for lack of a better word. And, you know, the, you look in Bret Hart's book, you see, like, how the warrior treated a Make-A-Wish kid. They didn't get into that. There is a lot of bad stories out there uh, that they didn't brush on. But, you know, they at least they covered a little bit of it, which was more than I thought. It was pretty cool in the documentary, too. Like, you know, and I, I even made a point. I'll admit I paused my recording at one point when they flashed the letter, or at least a page of letter, that Vince wrote right. back. And in a hand delivered to to Warrior uh, at that SummerSlam '91, I paused so I could read every graph. I mean, <laughs> that was really interesting shit. Because <laughs> we've always heard, you know, Warrior held up for money at SummerSlam '91. Vince fired him as soon as he came through the curtain, and you know they even showed the Vince clip from '05. Of, I could wait to fire him. I was. Yeah. It was so cool to read the, the least a page of the letter. I was, you know, yeah, Vince didn't hold back, saying you're a legend in your own mind. In your own mind. Well, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so good stuff there. Uh, we have a few su- super chats here. Bid Moon says, Eva is all everything, rocket ship, rocket ship. Um, and then we also have uh, Nathaniel Cook saying, Raj is right, younger talent needs to be elevated. Years ago, Cena went over on Bray at Mania in New Orleans, and I felt his character never recovered. Um, you know. I, there's probably some truth to that. I, uh, I agree with that. I felt like until he became the fiend, uh, he just kind of was. He, he he never got back to that like main event um, main event level, and so yeah. But I thought he came up with a cool character, did recover, and then they, you know, pissed it away with the the red lighting and the magic. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Seth Rollins was kind of the Cena of the next <laughs> next generation. Uh, Hollywood X says Raw has been so bad that I can only watch Raw when I'm recording it, so that I can fast forward through the show. It takes me five minutes to finish it. By the way, great podcast. I look forward to this more than Raw. Thank, well, thank you, you, Hollywood so much. X. That's a hell of a super that. chat. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, and then Jody. You know what? I I, I, I do got to say to that. I, if I didn't have to do the podcast, I'd probably do the same. And, you know, when I do the, you know, when I'm out of town or something, when I do come back and watch raw, usually it doesn't take me longer than 15 minutes to kind of get through it. You know, when, once you, you know, fast forward the repetitive matches and things that aren't, uh, that aren't fresh, it doesn't take that long. And that's, that's a problem. Yeah. It's a, a little uh, hack you can do to just wait until it's like, 30 minutes in and then start and then like you can fast forward to catch up uh that'll get you through some of it uh jody shauna jenkins says apologies this is completely off topic but justin who is actually watching impact and do you think the workers there actually believe in the product Uh, i mean i don't i mean their numbers aren't you know anything to write home about but i I do think i mean the the people there that are you know the guys and girls that are putting their put their bodies out there i mean they believe i think they believe in the the creative freedom that i understand a lot of them get to have and certainly not the micromanage process you hear about in, in the machine that is wdb uh, i think if you were to put a gun to most of their heads in a confidential situation they would tell you that they understand that there's that they would like to elevate to you know aew or wwe for a lot of reasons exposure money otherwise but 
you know, look, you're looking for a place to work, especially coming out of some of the scary places that we were 12 months ago in the early part of the pandemic of not knowing. And now that at least they, they figured out how to do closed set shows and how to, you know, operate. Um, you're just happy to be working. So, uh, I mean, I think, so yeah, I think the guys and girls believe in it, but they obviously all then have a plan of where they want to eventually ascend to. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Knicks have clinched stellar Justin Lopez. Uh, Ryan Gosling said in an interview years ago, he waited outside of an arena for Warrior and Warrior dissed him and it turned him off to wrestling, uh, which is a shame. And I've heard stories similar, uh, not necessarily to Warrior, but just different wrestlers and how that impacts uh, impacts fans. It's a shame when that kind of stuff happens. Uh, people are mean, but... They're real people at the end of the day, I guess. Not everyone's, yeah, not everyone's a ray of sunshine. Yeah, I'm actually a jerk in real life. If you meet me, <laughs> I'm going to let you have it if we meet in person. <laughs> By the way, anyone that says I'm going to let you have it is not a dangerous person. <laughs> that's, that's safe to say. Um, uh, one I, can't, more... I, can't wait, I can't wait till we're all uh, in Dallas next year for... <laughs> mania for the wrestling inc podcast yeah. convention and jack farmer's there and yeah. i can't wait to see jack farmer go yeah. off on some young kid <laughs> just jack knocks the autograph book out of his hand jack got his, jack's got his AirPods in and he's like i'm listening to music damn it yes. <laughs> it's my day off leave me alone kid yeah <laughs> Uh, one more quick news item. Some uh, some news and notes have been coming out about the AEW TV deal, specifically that uh, even though they've added on the new show, it doesn't extend their current deal. Um, Raj, any other uh, kind of news or tidbits or thoughts on this uh, AEW TV deal going on? Yeah, actually, uh, I mean, it, it's so the Observer had first reported uh, the stuff about this current deal, this new deal does not extend their current deal. So that's up through 2023. Um, and the amount of the, the extension with the four specials is, is $10 million. So they're getting $10 million more per year. Big positive. As we're seeing right now, AEW is going to be preempted basically through June to, I think till June 30th, they're not going to be on Wednesday nights. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that's correct. Um, so that kills off all their momentum. I mean, double or nothing is this Sunday. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not feeling much buzz for this pay-per-view like I have uh, their past ones. And, you know, a lot of times a killer go-home show will take care of that, but you're not going to be able to get that this week because it's going to be on Friday night. So this move to TBS, um, you know, you're not going to have these preemptions, especially during this time of the year when they're committed, where they really want to do this double or nothing pay-per-view on Memorial Day weekend. And so you won't have the preemptions as much. Um, it is interesting that $10 million um, for a brand new show that's 52 weeks a year plus four specials that are basically like Clash of the Champions is not that much. So I'm assuming that the previous deal, that the new show was baked in on the previous deal and not the new one because that's very little money really for a new show that's 52 weeks a year and four, uh, four specials. I wonder how much of that is going to be just taking like AEW Dark and repurposing it or something like that. They're, uh, they're apparently planning to still do all four shows. So, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 10. We're going to. For what it costs, assuming that you know, Dynamite's going to get back on the road, I mean, 
But they're taping them all together except for pay-per-view weeks. Uh, okay, I was going to say, like, are we breaking even here? I mean, I don't know. I, it Definitely a move to TBS is better. Mm-hmm. TBS is in more households. Like you said, they're not getting um, you know, moved around. Because you're right, I, you know, Raj, I didn't realize it until we were emailing back and forth about the schedule. And then you said it, and I looked, and I looked at the NBA. I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Like, we're not going to have a, a Dino on a Wednesday until the end of June. Um, yeah, and that you know, and I and sometimes AEW is a little bit of their own victim of this, as they, I think at least, that they uh, assume everybody is watching everything they put out. Meaning, oh, you're watching being the elite and mm-hmm. dark and elevation, so all this is going to make sense, and it doesn't always work that way. Like, so there's times where I think I, I see or hear things in Dynamite, and I'm like. That doesn't make sense. And then right. some AEW fanatic will go, well, didn't you watch this? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> right. Well, it was so, explained so, on BTE. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah. So it being at 10 p.m. on Friday, you know, I, I do think this is going to be a, a little bit of a, you're right. This, this hurts the next month hurts double or nothing of like the momentum and the, and the linear storytelling essentially. Yeah. Uh, let, let me clarify this doom tribe T saying 10 million is what they got to renegotiate on top of the original deal. Yes. Yeah, I'm not saying the entire deal is just ten million dollars. It's the original deal, which is said to be forty three to forty five million per year, and then an additional ten, so fifty three oh, to fifty five. That's, that's not. Oh, that's pretty good then. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying ten million for a new show, um, unless this new show was baked into the original deal, and the four specials is not that much in TV terms. The um, a, a few things I wanted to comment on the uh, the pay per view this weekend and not having the build. I wonder how much of that is because people got burned so bad with the end of the last pay per view with the whole uh, death match uh, fireworks going off at the end. Kind of made pe- I think made people a little bit skeptical of what their pay per views are. And also, I'm interested. I'm usually not a ratings guy. I don't really care too much about the ratings, but I am interested to see. What happens with SmackDown and AEW if they're both on Friday night? Because that truly is a head-to-head, uh, you know, matchup, so to speak. Right. Will it help them because they got the SmackDown audience already there and they'll just turn over, or will they be tired by then, or will it just be, you know, Friday night? That's not AEW's core audience, and they're going to be out, and everyone's going to be DVRing it. So it will be interesting. Yeah. Th- yeah, and to Jack, to your point, you know, like, look, they've had they have had a couple duds you know the deathmatch uh firework turn a sparkler ending uh mm-hmm. even the controversy with the blood and guts of the jericho and the the way they shot the the crash pad and everything but but i i still think the aew core fan base is the aew core fan base you know um long term that might prove to bite them in the ass they you know the, you know another year or two from now we might be doing conversations about they're not reaching a new mainstream audience, which is what WWE is always doing, which is what turns off some of us sometimes. Right. But, but I, I think still early on, I think if you're an AEW fan, you're, you've made up your mind. I'm, I'm watching everything. Yeah. I'm paying for everything right now. And yeah, and it, it seems like they're going to get a minimum of 80,000 buys regardless of what they do. The last pay-per-view did huge. It was their, like said, would be around 150,000, their biggest ever. And I think that was a combination of the explosion match and Sting's first match and then also the big surprise that they teased. Uh, and, you know, it kind of created that perfect storm. I, I don't feel anything like that for this, but they're still going to do at least 80,000. That's better than, you know, any TNA pay-per-view ever did. So any... And what better than what WCW was doing at the end? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it all depends on perspective for that. And I don't know. We'll see. I think, I think they usually do a pretty good job of putting on a good pay-per-view. If you're an AEW fan, then you probably like the AEW pay-per-view. So, but we'll see. Um, in any case, before we get talking about raw, which is what we're here to do. Um, I want to give a quick shout out to everyone in the chat. Everyone who's been, uh, chatting there watching us live thank you guys if you could do a favor and hit the like button hit the subscribe button leave a five-star review if this is on itunes uh share it with your friends all that good stuff and if you want your comment read on air just hit us with a super chat we'd love to see what you guys have to say and chat all about that as well and also guys let us know what you think if you'd rather us do the raw review first or if you'd rather us do the news first i think most people have been saying the news but um yeah let us know yeah yeah absolutely um, so let's get the show started and we'll start with the start of raw. We start the show with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, which is pretty straightforward. But this time Kofi Kingston comes out and brags about beating Lashley and says he didn't need McIntyre's help. And then he, these two get a little feisty with each other, causing Adam Pierce to come out and say, you two have a match winner gets a shot at hell in the cell. Raj, this felt a little different with Kofi Kingston in the opening segment and in the WWE title segment. Uh, maybe not a drastic change from what we've been seeing, but it does seem like a step in the right direction, getting someone fresh in there, right? Yeah, at least, I mean, it, you can almost picture Braun Strowman in that setting. So it almost it's way yeah. better than that in, in that it's someone fresh. It almost feels like he is a substitute for Braun Strowman because he's still in the New Day versus, uh, you know, RK bro. Uh, feud so it just kind of seems like it's kind of working double duty because braun is is injured um but yeah i think it does freshen it up it doesn't feel as redundant i mean look drew versus kofi that was the one match tonight i felt was and and the two minute challenge which we'll get to here in a second but that was the one Mm -hmm. thing i felt was different that felt new uh on this show yeah Justin, I love the energy that Kofi brought to the WWE title picture tonight. The the past challengers and champs, and kind of like what Raj was saying, have been Lashley, McIntyre, Strowman, uh, Orton, all very big, methodical guys. But he just seemed to have like a fire and an energy that kind of changed the pace of all this going into the show tonight. Uh, do you agree with that, or am I off my rocker like usual? <laughs> no. I mean, look, I, I'm a big Kofi fan. Uh, and Kofi yeah. Mania was a lot of fun. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 nice to see him be injected into the main event scene again. Mm-hmm. But I'll be honest, as I'm watching this match, which is a really good match, which is kind of the theme of Raw right now. No, I at all don't fault the performances of the guys and girls. They are given their best bell to bell. But it's it's always like my question is, okay, this is a really good bell to bell match, but what's the purpose? Or mm-hmm do I have any doubt of what the outcome is or have I seen this already? And then that's where it comes back to. I just, even Kofi, even as much as I love Kofi can't really hype me up anymore. This is a stale main event world title picture on Monday. It's stale. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Maybe better Kofi than Braun, whatever. But at the end of the day, I have no doubt at this point that actually Bobby Lashley is going to, um, I think Bobby's retaining this through Hell in a Cell, which is wild because I thought when we went into WrestleMania, Bobby's for sure losing. Now they've got me to the point where he's holding on to it, and I do think until we get in front of fans and maybe it's a Brock or whatever. So I'm just kind of like just watching this match with Drew and Kofi. I'm like, okay, working hard at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. I don't really care. 
Yeah, and and that's another thing is they've been pushing Kofi for so long as below mid card, you know. So to all of a sudden buy him as a threat to Bobby Lashley, you just can't. And I, you know, I, I, it, Kofi versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, that was I was going huge for Kofi. I mean, I, I was I really got in that storyline. It's one of the few times that I have, I feel like, in WWE over the past few years, and and they got me. But you know, if he's just uh, being pushed a certain way as someone not to take seriously, then you can't just all say, okay, you know, for these two weeks, you got to take him seriously. I do think that's going to be the Hell in the Cell match. I know some people have been saying a triple threat. I think they just did that last month, except, you know, with Strowman instead of Kofi. I think they're going to do Kofi. I think Jinder Mahal interferes next week and, uh, and they go off in that direction with Jinder and Drew. Yeah, I, I love the match. Uh, I thought this was a great shot. What I liked about the match, by the way, I just want to say, it made Drew McIntyre look like a big, strong guy. He's been standing across from guys just as big as him for so long, you forget that he's actually massive and super powerful. So getting to see him throw around Kofi for a little bit, I thought, hey, that makes him look like he's a, uh, he's a big dude, which was cool. Uh, but yeah, Justin, do you believe it's going to be Kofi that goes to, cause I guess I should say to, to back up a little bit next week we're gonna get another match between these two which adam pierce great oh, idea right. real quick the, the, the how the the end of the match how it ended oh yeah i'm sorry about that I'm, I'm jumping all over the place yeah so they have a great match but bobby lashley and mvp get involved double dq which then leads to adam pierce saying we're gonna do it again next week uh, which I think we all kind of figured that was going to happen again next week anyways. Yeah. But, but you but know, they announced it. And that, and that was my fault for jumping way ahead. Yeah. But uh, by this point, it was 45 minutes in the show. So you invested 45 minutes of your time to get a double DQ. This defines WWE Raw. Yeah. This yeah. whole thing defines Raw right now. I was, I will admit, I was very upset that it was that long of a match. It was that good. Of, I thought it was a great match. Just to have it end in a double DQ felt a bit like they could have done that much faster and just moved to the next story, be a lot faster instead of having these two guys beat each other up for so long and then do the double DQ. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Jack, to your point, I, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that Kofi's going to fight Lashley and Hell in a Cell because, again, Hell in a Cell is like, again, big, brutal payoff. And so this, I mean, you know, like Drew's the one who's been at it with Bobby for a while. So I, I don't know. I I don't know what I expect. But again, I don't expect Lashley to drop the title. Yeah, I agree. And I think Drew, I don't see them beating him again either. So that means are we going to see, not Kofi Mania too, are we going to see Kofi sell? That's the question. Um I Raj, I think you have a point. I think you have a theory that that you've mentioned on Twitter and you mentioned here just a moment ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think maybe Jinder Mahal getting involved and that giving Drew McIntyre his kind of other direction to go. Yeah, uh, the fact that they've been teasing it on TV a little bit, it just seems like uh, seems a little soon. I mean, Jinder wasn't even on tonight's show, but. Um... Yeah, I, I, I want them to move on from Lashley and Drew. This has just been going on forever. And, uh, yeah, Mike uh, has a question for you, Justin. Justin says, when will you stop hating on Lashley? He's going to be a champ for a while. He's not just a placeholder. Vince is running with him as he should be. Uh, Mike, I'm with you. I love Bobby Lashley. What was I hating on Lashley? But, 
Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Stop, Justin. I, yeah, I Justin, just, how dare you? I said a minute ago, I thought that they were going to have him drop the title of Mania, and now I clearly believe that they're not, and he's probably going to take it to SummerSlam. How, what, what, I'm not hating on Lash. <laughs> I, uh, think, I think Bobby Lash. I just said 40 minutes ago or 35 minutes ago okay. that I think Lashley Lesnar is one of the money making matches they need for a crowd in Vegas to support and get Vegas to be a draw. Mike. Thanks for the five bucks, but your five <laughs> bucks is ill-founded. It is, it, 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 is, it is a bad bank account. A, a check <laughs> bounced, I, I, I predict, because I don't know what you're listening to. I like go back to the early days, Chair Shot Reality, first 30 episodes. Bobby Lashley, one of my guests, one of my interviews. I love Bobby Lashley. I, I don't know where you're getting at this. I agree with you, Mike. All right, let's go on. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> one last thing, Justin. If you could please refer to him as the Almighty from now on, that would be oh, a Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, we get that match next week. Uh, and if Bobby Lashley gets involved in any way, 90 day suspension, which uh, just to wrap that up, I don't know why that would be a punishment. He'd get out of Hell in a Cell altogether. But I would assume he'd is. get stripped of the title. Oh, well, they, they didn't say that. He didn't say he was going to get paid. Right. So. Yeah. Um, that said, moving on, we had a Nikki cross siding tonight, fellas backstage. We get some back and forth between Charlotte flair and Rhea Ripley when Nikki cross arrives and Ripley sticks up for her. And I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to like Rhea Ripley at this point because she acts like a jerk, but then all of a sudden is sticking up for, uh, Nikki cross. This leads to them having a match that is a two-minute beat-the-clock challenge. Nikki Cross wins, in air quotes. And while I'm glad Cross is back, and I'm glad she, in air quotes, won, I felt like it came off like both of them looking lame because Ripley looked like she wasn't paying attention, and Cross was way too excited about just not losing for two minutes. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on Nikki Cross being back? Well, I like Nikki Cross, but... If you're presented as you didn't fail at your job in two minutes, so we deem right. you the winner, <laughs> you're not set up for success. <laughs> if, if you're lined up in a line of your colleagues and there's a group of creative people that get to say, all right, how little of a time are we going to peg that this person couldn't beat you and that, if, that, that you're going to succeed? Like, that's a terrible ranking for where you are in the booking progression of, oh, if you can survive two minutes of Rhea not beating you, you're a star. This is, I, I didn't even, I didn't understand any of this. This is, this is ass backwards. Nikki celebrated like she just won the damn title at WrestleMania, and all that happened was she didn't get pinned in two minutes. <sighs> I don't know. It- it's one thing if you do 10 minutes, like you, when you did Sammy with Braun, they did it with Jericho and Jungle Boy. 10 minutes at least, that's a decent amount of time. Two minutes, you can last two minutes. It hurts you more than it helps you. For the record, the, 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 a standard raw commercial break is three minutes. So they couldn't even <laughs> give you the benefit of the doubt of surviving an effing commercial break. Why not just have Rhea beat somebody? If you don't want to beat Nikki Cross, if this is the beginning of some weird push where you make her look really bad to start off, um, have Nikki beat just beat somebody. You know, yeah. a, a developmental talent. Anybody. Just a squash match. Just a, a, a showcase match. Nikki Cross wins. And, and it, that would help her way more than this. Yeah, even if you just uh, brought out Lana or someone who wasn't on tonight to lose a singles match, 
Yeah, and like I said, I try to imagine this was any other type of combat sports. Could you imagine if Conor McGregor was like, from now on, if you don't beat me in two minutes, I win. <laughs> <laughs> like, it sounds like the most ridiculous I, i've never been a fan of the beat the clock challenges i mean raj to your point i, I sometimes get it when it's like a, a jungle boy versus jericho kind of thing but to me this i don't know i don't feel like either of them look good like i said Rhea even looked like she just wasn't paying attention and wasn't Rhea, really involved Rhea was like stunned when the two minute thing went off it's like you never even looked at the clock there wasn't even like there was a a piped in a countdown of 10 Not, like yeah. she was like unaware it was like all, all of a sudden two minutes is up what and, and i missed what did i miss because it was charlotte saying that she could beat her in two minutes so how did it turn to, into a rhea ripley two minute challenge because i guess rhea had to live up to charlotte's dare if i dare you okay so uh, okay. i guess i look it, it was it, this was this was a bad execution it's not like yeah. they. I mean, they had forty-five minutes for the Kofi Drew stuff. Uh, they had another. They went like another thirty minutes with Rhea. I mean, uh, with uh, Charlotte and Asuka. They could have given uh, Nikki Cross a little time and cut some time from those other two. Yeah, I agree. And this is a small thing, but I wasn't a fan of Ripley kind of laughing it off after it ended either. Like you're a champ and you just lost. Why are you? kind of laughing off this loss. I mean, it makes it feel like it doesn't even matter to her, but this, this didn't know one any favors. Yeah. Uh, but it did get Nikki cross back on TV. So I'll, I'll try to save it with that. Um, but uh, just like we're going to get a rematch from earlier today, later on next week, we're going to run back Oscar versus Charlotte one more time, <laughs> folks. Uh, this was a great match. I actually really liked the match as a match. I kind of wish we didn't see this matchup so often because it's always so good when it does happen. I wish they'd space them out a little bit. I also like how Charlotte Flair's doing the old uh, El Idolo uh, kick to a back elbow thing. That was a fun little shot there. But anyways, Charlotte wins. She's going on to Hell in a Cell to face Rhea Ripley uh, for the title. Raj, this was the match matchup we expected for Hell in a Cell. At least I would assume so. Uh, is this the matchup you want to see at Hell in a Cell? Uh, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. I mean, I think from a storyline perspective, it makes sense. Um, and you know, Rhea Ripley never did get that win over Charlotte, a, a singles win. So yeah, I think again, none of these matches feel heated enough to be in a cell. I feel like they should have held this pay per view off until the fall and just done Extreme Rules or one of the other vengeance or whatever you want to do you know one of those pay-per-views that really has no theme just do that and 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 hold off on hell in the cell until you have better storylines because nothing nothing really feels that heated right now that's that's worthy I, I i do i agree with you i thought this match was really good but to your point when you've seen it so often it just doesn't matter you know like i could watch the same two people have a great match i mean any two people have a great match but when it's almost every week it it just loses its you just don't care. Yeah, um, it takes a bit of the stakes away. Yeah, do roadblock because everything's a roadblock until we get the fans back. It's just a, a giant. We're, we are in a holding pattern. It feels like yeah. until July sixteenth, where we're just killing time uh, and not really trying to do anything interesting or out of the ordinary until we get to mid July. Uh, and, and just to correct you guys, I believe it's WrestleMania Roadblock and WrestleMania uh, Great Balls of Fire that you guys are referring about to. Uh, and, and, and like, and, and this Hell in a Cell is, they're, I mean, I guess to their advantage, to their whatever, it's a close set. We're gonna, just going to see a, a couple spots that are going to be 
you know, pre-shot, pre-orchestrated, because, again, it's a closed set, so you can do things, crash pads and all. Uh, like, but, but to Rosh's point, nothing feels so heated that I need to see it in a Hell in a Cell, especially the women's stuff. I mean, I guess if we get Drew and Bobby, I mean, we, I guess because we've seen them go at it over and over. But it's just, yeah, just hell. This is going to be super manufactured. I think back to '98, Hell in a Cell, Foley flying off, and for the first right, Hell yeah. in a Cell in October '97 of Sean and Taker, this is just going to be the super manufactured heat for uh, a blow off. Yeah, and to what everyone's been saying and, and to what Brian Outen is saying in the chat, hey, guys, just wondering if these repeated matches are bringing ratings down on Raw. Do you agree? Uh, I think that's kind of the, the point of what we're saying with Hell in a Cell. The reason it doesn't feel heated is because we see them interact and get physical every single week. So seeing them saying they're going to have a match in a few weeks on Hell in a Cell goes, oh, yeah, I mean, they're going to have a match next week. Who cares? Uh, is at least my thoughts on that. Do you guys have any opinions on the repeated match affecting actual ratings? You know what has been weird? Um, usually you see the ratings drop quite a bit this time of year. And, and I think today they are going to because of the NBA, that they were up against the playoffs tonight. Um, but usually even before the playoffs, you see the ratings start to dip after WrestleMania, after the draft. Uh, you start seeing a big dip. They haven't really dipped this year. And I think, I think Justin, you said this a couple of weeks ago. I, we're probably down to their core core audience and it's not you know there's just not much more to lose and they'll just watch anything and um so you know we'll we'll see how much the basketball has has an effect on ratings because if it doesn't we're really probably just down to the core the bar the bars at the lowest peg it's gonna go no <laughs> at, 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 at this point I mean, it's those... a good low bar to have i mean 1.8 million people is still Better than almost everything else on cable. Which is why they continue to get the huge TV deals they get, because even at their lowest, right, they still have what any weekly episodic television show would love to be able to bank on. Sure. Uh you know, right. we just are very critical. We we were very we're, we don't we're, there's a lot of active conversation and critics on, on wrestling every week of, of where they are. We also know where they could be if they put their best foot forward. In their best time, but yeah, I mean, I do think this probably in viewership wise is probably going to be in their lowest five ever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think next month we're going to see some really low ones once the playoffs are, are farther in. But yeah, I think tonight should be it deserves it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Manny Santos uh, Carvello, let me know if I'm saying that right. Eva Marie looks like money. She said in her video on YouTube that she'll be wrestling. Who do you think her first feud is, and why is it Charlotte? <laughs> um, well, it depends. I think uh, whether or not it's Charlotte depends on if she's going to be going for the title, because Charlotte, I think, is going to have the title. Uh, what about you, fellas? Uh, think about Eva, uh, Eva Marie. Uh, Manny, I'll say this to you. I actually think that Eva will be kept as far away from Charlotte as possible for as long as possible. Because I do agree she is going to wrestle. And I do agree that the office is going to look at at least what they're investing in this, you know, this uh, rebrand, this repackaging and, and, and re in return. They're going to look at her as being somebody's going to be uh, a major player. And so long term in pencil, they're going to see Eva and Charlotte as being maybe that's a mania thing if it all plays out well. So they're, they're, they're going to keep her, I think, as far away from Charlotte as possible because 
inter- involving her with Charlotte any time early on is only going to um, it, it can only hurt the evolution, you know, momentum and 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 gravitas. I think I think it'll be Bailey. Um, you know, they Ooh. they are kind of positioning Eva as a baby face, and she's calling herself a role model and everything. And so that's kind of Bailey's gimmick. So there's a natural feud right there. I think if they do this in front of fans, though, the fans are going to boo the hell out of Eva Marie. Uh, mm-hmm. She's not a baby face. She's a natural heel. She's uh, she's great at it. I thought she was really great at getting under people's skin last time around. So that's where I think the money is at with Eva is, is as a heel. I've always said with these videos and these packages, um, and we'll just talk about the, that real quick since it's what uh, since it was mentioned. Uh, she had two videos again, uh, Justin. You've pointed this out, and now I can't not see it. They always show one early and one right near the end, uh, and it's always like the old one, and then the new ones at the end. Yep. Um, this time she did talk about training men and women, which that kind of opens up, in my perspective, how she could be used and how she could be involved. Uh, what do you guys, I mean, any, any new thoughts about these video packages or anything, I, I guess, any new theories come up from what we saw today? I, I mean, I find it interesting. They uh, continue just to go with the evolution coming soon. You know, uh, old days of this person's on their way to the World Wrestling Federation and you get like a, three weeks or two, you know. Yeah. So they're keeping it kind of, you know, open-ended of when she's going to show up. And I don't hold it past that maybe they had a plan for her to show up on tonight. And then internally they've now identified they're going back in front of fans. They might be shooting a few more of these promos just to draw it out and not have her come back until the fans. I don't put that past. Uh, but overall, I mean, no, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I do think she's going to wrestle. I don't know if she's going to lead a stable, but I agree with Raj. She's more naturally made for a heel. I'd hope they'd recognize that. Uh, and, um, the only other thing I can say is I watched the last promo, the new one that we saw tonight, just before the uh, women's main event, which we'll get back to soon. And I'm like, oh, you're just pouring sweat and you still have your makeup all perfect. Uh, <laughs> and, and to your point about being able to hold this up until fans are back, remember they had those Emelina promos for about 37 weeks. So <laughs> I, think, I think they can keep them going. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did do that with... Um... Uh, Liv Morgan too. It seemed like forever. Yeah. Uh, Jack says probably wrong. I feel Oscar should have held the steam somehow for Becky to return and reclaim what was hers as she donated the title to Oscar story wise. Uh, I kind of agree. I, I think it would. I don't know when Becky's coming back. That's the I guess the one hang up on my end. But I kind of agree in the sense that I think it would have been a cool you never beat me for the title kind of thing. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like that idea. Um, but uh, yeah, again, I mean, Becky's been looking in great shape. There's been like, you know, pictures of her at the gym. She's just ripped. Um, so, and if she signed a new contract, you got to think, probably, you know, SummerSlam, I would guess she's probably on there. I got to think that when we return to fans in mid July with, with that uh, SmackDown, Money in the Bank, and then Raw, it's going to have to be kind of the booking mentality that we get the night after mania traditionally it's going to have to be like a a reset everything's going to be geared towards SummerSlam. every surprise as possible every return as possible i mean that, i that's so yeah becky throw her in the in, in the in the pot here yeah and they're trying to get cena for that smackdown 
Yeah, they, I mean, they'll, they'll, you're right. I think it's going to be very post-mania feeling, which is all sorts of stuff happening, at least I hope. Uh, Elon Brown says, what you guys think about moving Roman to Raw, McIntyre to SmackDown, and turning McIntyre heel? And have you heard anything about Riddick Moss returning? Uh, a lot of stuff there. Um, I mean... I feel like Roman's doing just fine on SmackDown personally. I don't know if you need to move him, but yeah, do not move him. <laughs> uh, that seems like that's, that's doing just perfect. I just think McIntyre needs some, some way to freshen up uh, personally. And I know nothing about Riddick Moss returning. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah. I mean, any of that. You got a billion dollar investment with Fox. You want to keep Fox happy. <laughs> keep yeah. Roman Reigns on Fox. Yeah. Um, you know, look, Drew, uh, to no fault of his, he's been the, the the pandemic champion for a bulk of it. Um, it's great he's in the top of the card, but he's just he, I, I, there. Just needs to be some reshuffling and some refreshing, uh, or even just if he has a sidebar like Raj has mentioned, a sidebar with him and Jinder just to get you through some time and then let him come back and revisit the title after Lashley's you know dropped to somebody else. Um, and the I, Moss, I know nothing of. I don't know. Yeah, and we'll have to see once fans are back for a little bit, you know, to see where people really are as far as fan reaction goes. Yeah, because I, I have a feeling there's I, first few weeks, I think everyone's getting cheered and everyone's going to act accordingly. But I think after a few weeks, people are going to start. I just, I just I get the feeling we're going to get different reactions than what we've been trained to, to think. Yeah, there weren't really any surprises at Mania. They kind of towed the company line. I mean, uh, Tamina got a, a pretty big reaction. I think that's why they pivoted to them winning the tag titles. But um, outside of that, yeah. it was, yeah, mostly towing the company line. Yeah, Edge, Edge got a huge response coming out, even though he was kind of positioned as a heel. But, yeah. Yeah. But again, it's Mania, and it's the first show in a year. So I think right. that's just natural. Um Speaking of just natural, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander had a match. And uh, again, this is a match we've seen before, but I give it a pass because personally, because I feel like there's still a little bit of story to be told here. And look, Cedric got on the mic and had a chance to kill it. I thought he did good on that. I thought the match was good. Prime Alexander, he's going by now, wins with a thumb to the eye. Justin, these two are now one and one with each other. Are you up for a rubber match or are you just not feeling this? No, I am, and I, I like the business being accomplished. I will say it was a little awkward. I get that they're trying to build heat on um, Alexander with the long-winded promo, and you know they, he did the whole promo. Then he jumps off the apron, and we go to commercial. You know, I'm but I but I'm I don't know. I am there for it because I like both these guys. I like Shelton. I don't think Shelton's done yet. I like Cedric Alexander. You know, little repeat, but. I'm okay with it. And this, you know, this isn't going to be a rubber match by the time it's over. It's going to be more like a best of seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's Optimistic. When, you think it's done by seven. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It just felt like, it just felt like the, they sliced in uh, the same segment from a couple weeks ago, but changed the ending. Uh, it was the same exact promo, except he, he, he added more. He's, he's doing this thing with his voice. I don't know if he's doing it with his voice or he's losing his voice or something, but it's really, yeah. uh, it's like uh, cracking when he's talking. I noticed that too. I, I, yeah, I noticed that too. It's, it was just, it was kind of awkward. Yeah, like maybe he's doing it on purpose to be more annoying. You know, like to sound 
a little extra irritating or i mean it sounded like he was losing his voice but he it sounded like that last week too or two weeks ago when he did it and it put shelton in a weird position because shelton like for like four minutes straight (laughs) had to just like yell at the ref like get him in the ring and just kept going and shelton had no other card to play but let's fight (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was awkward so you know again this is one of those things where just because two guys have a good match if the story if it's not really advancing and it's not it's just people trading wins um then i don't know I, i don't really care to see it anymore well, I think the, the story here is just the, the old veteran and the young upstart trying to go at it. And well, can can the young upstart get one over on the crafty old veteran is what they're trying to do here. Sure, but, then then do promos and angles and build to one match at a pay-per-view. And, and you have the, the young guy go over, you know? Instead of just, tra- you, know, tra- you know, Larry Zabisco and Bruno Sammartino weren't just trading uh, victories every week. It, it led to a big match and... and and then someone really gets over, as as opposed to the way they're doing it. They're just both going to stay where they're at. Yeah. Oh, come on. Sabisco <laughs> and San Martino had the two-minute beat-the-clock challenge. <laughs> right. Don't you remember? <laughs> that's, how, that's how San Martino kept come the title on, for so long. All of his matches were two-minute beat-the-clock challenges. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like something a, a wrestler would do when they just don't want to work much. They're like, from now on, all my matches are two-minute beat-the-clock oh, challenges. Oh, totally. It sounds like a... A 2000 Hulk Hogan creative control at WCW, like <laughs> brother, brother, Billy Kidman can't beat me in two minutes, <laughs> but I get paid the same. Tonight. <laughs> that is, totally sounds like that. Um, sorry, that, Billy Kidman, but you were in that yeah, spot at that time. Yeah, that was uh, I was excited for that at the time. I was like, yeah, Kidman's getting a shot. Oh, sure, you now, were. But looking back, I'm like, that was ridiculous. (laughs) Takes Jack 21 years to realize that was stupid as hell. In 21 years, I'm going to look back with a lot of regret on the things I've said here. Uh, Jack Jack says, bedtime, but the Riddle ending was awesome and new for Riddle. We crap on Riddle besides Jack, but I'm good with the new Riddle direction. Uh, that actually leaves you. I was going to go right. Jax, thanks yeah, for the transition. Thank you. thank You're Jax. a natural. Uh, Riddle versus Woods. I thought this match was match of the night, personally. Uh, their counters and their big moves were great. Riddle hits the RKO for the win. And then with that venomous look on his face for a moment before going back full broad, uh, bro, Raj, new matchup, great matchup. And I'm kind of left thinking, are we sleeping on Woods here? Yeah, I mean it's still another version of New Day versus Team RKO, which would which they had last week. Just I'll get my repeat gripe, uh, gripe out of the way. But yes, we haven't seen Riddle versus Xavier before. This match was awesome, uh, and you know we've you know we've teased before. What if they turn Riddle heel? Everyone expects this to end with Orton turning heel and turning on Riddle. What if they turn Riddle heel, or what if they don't turn? You know, or what if they keep them together and they're both heels, and Orton brings Riddle to the dark side? And there's some interesting stuff you could you could do with this, but I liked it. This yeah. was the highlight of the show. Uh, Justin, that, like I said, that look on Riddle's face after the match. I think he's hearing voices in his head, and this time it's not for health and wellness red flag reasons. Um, tell me about the match. Tell me what you thought. Uh, I think this was the match of the night. Yeah, 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 we we you know, yeah, this is a, a storyline we've been doing each week, but this was a fresh singles match. 
and like the the style you know they started off real you know grappling and and then what they evolved into this did not feel like a match that a wwe uh i guess i call them producers now mm-hmm. this did not feel like a wwe producer helped put this match together this felt like something that was being done on a an independent um what uh, Raj? What's the damn promotion where they have no ring ropes? The oh, Bloodsport. Yeah, yeah. This th- yeah. this felt like a that. I mean, and yeah. granted, I know they used spots where they had the ropes, but the style, and the presentation, this did not feel like a WWE sanctioned match. Which that's a great thing. Quite honestly, this was a really. I, I was captivated watching this. And this is a, and this was a commercial in between, so a multi segment match. This was fun, fun, fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I think that well, the company you're actually looking for, Justin, is Raw Underground. That was the one. <laughs> no, it was Bloodsport, Jack. It was Bloodsport. Silent Raw Underground. <laughs> Historia that you have. Uh, yeah, I, my big hope out of all of this is now I just want to see Orton hit the RKO Derek to win a match at some point. Uh, but this... I don't know. Yeah, to to the point of you guys, uh, this being good, I, I it felt like I don't know if this was what they were supposed to, but it felt like they were like, let's just show out and crush it tonight and just upstage everybody because it felt like a pay per view match, like that had been built up forever. It was great. I loved it. Match the night for me. Well, and even Woods, I think he tweeted something later. It was like, uh, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the tweet in front of me. But it was like, the consequences are out. Like he was making a reference to like. He got to maybe pull back into his consequences creed days and do so like it just felt like this was a they got way they went out there and they just did what they wanted to do again they were not WWE you know yeah and I thought managed yeah and I thought Xavier looked really good here and um, you know I feel like he uh, if he because sometimes with New Day they do the the same they've been doing the same shtick for so long. That sometimes it can be hard to take Xavier seriously because he's kind of the, in terms of star power, it's kind of like Big E, Kofi, and Xavier is kind of, you know, uh, relegated to the background. And I thought, you know, he, he showed that he can hang and, you know, maybe he can change his character up a little bit and, and freshen himself up because I thought this was kind of a star making performance for him in a lot of ways. I wonder if this was, uh, and I agree. I think I think the same thing, Raj. And part of me wonders, and this is me just hypothesizing and, and speculating, but I wonder if he sees Big E over on SmackDown, and then Kofi sort of being back a part of the world title scene on Raw. I wonder if he's thinking to himself, "I got to show out myself because I might he might find himself as a singles competitor again very soon." In some ways, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Amy Kimball with the super chat. Wow. Thank you, do Amy. You, thank you so much, Amy. Do you guys prefer wrestling in previous era where we had a lot of squash ma- squashes and run-ins building to a great pay-per-view match as opposed to stars repeating matches that will be seen again at the pay-per-view? Jack is awesome. Well, Amy, thank you. You're awesome. I appreciate that. Uh, I always think you can have a little bit of both, but um, yeah. Right now, it feels like I wish they'd keep people separate a little bit more uh, so it feels fresh on pay-per-views. How about uh, you guys? I, I like how they do it on Dynamite, where they're not repeating matches at all, and, and you, but they're bringing in wrestlers from Dark and, and, and uh, Elevation to kind of fill in. So you know it's kind of a squash match in that you know who's going to win. Um, 
but the faces it helps build them a little bit it's not just some random jobber that's that's gone that night uh that you're only bringing in for the night so you know wwe has like 200 people under contract mix them up just bring them in um and it gets them some exposure it gets them working with the stars and you you just freshen freshen your show yeah i mean AEW i think does have a better approach i mean there's flaws to it but i think it overall it's a better approach i mean i i i know this is not a popular name but i miss the philosophy days of vince russo which was every segment needs to advance something mm-hmm. or somebody and vince still to this day gets a lot of shit for his what he thinks works but you know i'll look at his WWE days and i'll even cite his his tna days advance 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 and it it works and it, it at least pops an increase of viewership more more times than not and, and that's that's what i miss i think you're right jack it's a mix of you need established talent you need a little bit of a squash but every segment needs to have an urgency feel to it and that's we especially on wb's raw and that is not there at all and, 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 you're, point, not, and you're never and you're never gonna have it for three hours every week yeah and to your point about vince um you didn't have matches that went like 40 minutes or over a bunch of commercial breaks and what that did is allowed allowed a lot of other talent on the show and a lot more faces and it just again it felt more fresh because and they're not wrestling the same matches every week in week out uh they're mixing it up and yeah, I mean, you know, Vince gets, like, to your point, he gets a lot of crap. But it's funny because a lot of people that give him a lot of crap talk about how great the Attitude Era was, which is, yeah. you know, which it was him and Vince McMahon. So, um, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think to your point, too, Raj and, and Justin, uh, we, we say squash matches, but you can have a good match with someone right. who you know is going to lose. And that's something AEW does a lot. They'll, as, and to the point made earlier, They'll bring someone up from Elevation, and no one's thinking that this person from Elevation is going to get one over on Kenny Omega or something, but right. it's they, they put on a good match. It doesn't last forever, but it's still exciting. It's fun. Kenny right. wins. He looks great. The other guy, everyone goes, oh, that was interesting. Maybe I'll follow that person on Twitter or whatever and maybe see what they're doing outside of AEW, and it's like a win for everybody. Um, yeah, Absolutely. As far as Vince Russo, I got to chat with him once, and he was a delightful fellow. So I will always have his back. Yeah, Vince I, used to be on this very podcast. I back I, in the day. Oh, I spent yeah. I spent five days on the road based here in Pittsburgh with Vince, and we yeah. filmed we filmed stuff in a studio. We went and did a seminar at a, at a wrestling school that I help work with, and we did like I mean I did the road. I mean I, I did several events. Events I went to mania 31 we did an entire weekend around vince and, and meeting greets like i spent a lot of time with him and i and we don't work together anymore but i i will say like i i'm not the guy certainly not flawless but <laughs> i i think there's a lot of his f- philosophies that are camouflaged in bluntness that this today's cancel culture doesn't want to hear but there's something to it there's, mm-hmm. there, there's little pieces that can be pulled from it of like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that make sense, we got Jackson Riker versus AJ Styles <laughs> tonight. Impact uh, 2012. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, uh, this was a quick match, and I have to think this is Jackson Riker's biggest win of his entire oh my life. God, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think he got the win because he just had a great interview on Wrestling Inc. with Drew Rice, by the way. If you're watching the show, make sure to visit Wrestling Inc. and check it out. Um, the match was fine, but for me, obviously, the takeaway was that awesome camera angle shot looking up at Elias and then Omos just looming over him over the guardrail. And then Omos, just like a like a nightmare chasing you, running so fast <laughs> after them up the ramp. Uh, that made the whole segment worth it. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you. We talk about needing more tag teams. We talk about needing fresh matchups. I know this has been similar from previous weeks, but... We got uh, basically two new tag teams talking uh, or fighting over the tag team titles, and this was a match we haven't seen before. Does WWE get a little bit of credit for this one? Yeah, yeah I'll give them credit. A little bit new. Um, you know, yeah, new. And Omos, they've obviously got a long-term plan for him. And, um, yeah, Riker <laughs> versus AJ. Yeah, all right. Yeah. A lot of things there. But, yeah, overall, yeah. I was fine. This was certainly not the worst part of Raw. It was different. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't uh, in no universe do i think jackson Riker should be beating aj styles but um you know this is their feud so uh and aj you're not gonna have omos in a singles feud yet so you know when you're doing the singles feuds it's, i mean that's the thing with the tag teams right you have them just mix and match and face each other over and over again so yeah, i'm sure next week aj will be beating elias again Probably, but um, uh, yeah, I thought for what it was, personally, that was fine because it was quick. Like this, if this went for forty minutes, that would have been oh, an yeah. issue. But it, I thought at least they got it right and kind of doing it, getting it over with, and getting the story beat out of the way. Uh, yeah. Now we talk about beatings. Humberto Carrillo and Sheamus had another quick, hard hitting match as well. Sheamus winning with the tights uh, or holding on to the tights, then attacks Carrillo afterwards but gets stopped by Ricochet, of all people, uh, making the save. Raw, Sheamus looking dominant, but Ricochet and Carrillo showing they can not only take it, but they can dish it out when necessary. Uh, How do you feel about this segment? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of backwards with the heels and the baby faces, right? Like the heel <laughs> just keeps kicking their ass fair and square, and then the baby faces need to gang up two-on-one on him to, to get the better of him. And, and then Ricochet's stealing his clothes a couple weeks you know, ago <laughs> as well. I, I'm, I, I, mean, Rick, I mean, none of these guys have looked strong against Sheamus, so it's like, why does this keep happening? Sheamus has beaten them all clean. In logical sports, in logical combat sports, if someone just beats him clean you don't go immediately back to that match um unless you know i've, I've said this last unless it's like conor mcgregor and there's just too much money you do it again but in in most cases you do not so it just makes no sense to keep doing that they clearly have nothing for sheamus uh humberto is just embarrassed every time out so i don't i don't know why he they keep putting him in that position raj talking about conor mcgregor and sheamus thinking all irish people are the same <laughs> Uh, uh, Justin, um, did you like how this went? This this matchup? No, no, yeah. I mean, Sheamus is. I'm a big believer in Sheamus, but this. I don't believe in Ricochet. I don't believe in Humberto Carrillo. I don't care. They need to go to Sheamus and Damian Priest, but they can't. Now is not the time. You wait till fans are back. 
Yeah. So I guess you just keep him in this holding pattern, beating up on Humberto Carrillo. And <laughs> next thing, I mean, they have a, um, uh, gosh, who's the uh, the wrestler that they just brought up from Saudi Arabia who had like a Mansoor. 50- Mansoor. Mansoor. Seamus hasn't Ooh. beaten him up in a couple of weeks, so they could do him next. <laughs> the guy who won like 50 well, matches in a row. We're gonna got... go back to, if we're going to go back to Saudi Arabia in the fall, we can't be beating Mansoor up. <laughs> yeah. They already yeah. did. <laughs> not again, though. We All right, not... <laughs> he was on a 50-match win streak, signed with Raw, got beaten, disappeared forever. Uh, that's how you make a star, David. That's how you make a star. Kid. I guarantee nobody saw all 50 of his wins. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> There's not one person that can document. I'd be shocked if Mansoor saw him. So, <laughs> right. so you're saying He's that like, I won 10 matches and I won 50. <laughs> I only so, filmed 10 here in the Thunderdome. You heard it here first, folks. Justin says Mansoor's streak is just as valid as Goldberg's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, I don't know about just a, a quick thing. I thought when I saw those two standing in the ring, Ricochet and Carrillo, I was actually thinking to circle back. What if Eva came back and managed them? So she's the one on the microphone. She's the one getting all the attention. And then those guys go jump around in the ring and have great matches. Nothing. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> I think, I think with Eva Marie, she's such a heat magnet. You need someone, you know, you know, if what's his face, um, uh, Parker Bordeaux, if he was ready, He'd be great, um, but he's not. And I don't yeah. really see anyone like that in NXT. Killer Cross already has Scarlett Bardot. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. Angel, Angel Garza. <laughs> Garza. <laughs> it seemed like that's where they where they were going when the the reports were when Eva first signed. But no. Yeah. Well, he wasn't on either today. But uh, I can't wait for Eva just to come out, have a match, and like, you know. Dave Meltzer is going to have like a he's going to just his stomach's going to turn and he's going to have to actually give like a rating to her match that's that's a minus seven stars yeah I don't know the other way I mean look she she is I mean look she you know she's gotten when she first started she was on the 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 reality show since then I mean she's been open about this she's gotten I mean she's sober she's cleaned her life up she's just obviously she's in phenomenal shape I mean I I know she's put the work in training wise. She I'm not gonna say she's gonna come out and she's gonna be uh, I don't know, Mickey James or whatever. But I mean, like she might come out and the bar is so low, she might surprise some people. She's gonna beat Oscar clean in her debut, and everyone's gonna hate it. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Uh, um, and she should just purposely botch all her moves. Just to really... <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what she calls her finisher is the botch. <laughs> uh, so the show ends. We're we're to the end of the show here. Uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Reggie they get together for another shot at the women's tag team titles. I'll be honest, I didn't. I got to about. Uh, 30 minutes before the end of the show and I realized I had no idea what the main event was supposed to be and then when this match started I said to myself is this the main event? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I Kind of the same thing as the show was going on I was like wait are they doing that for the last match? Uh, it, it felt <laughs> I don't know this, and this It's no disrespect it's just they've done this match four times in the last two weeks Yeah exactly I couldn't get like I, I 
there, yeah, to your point, you said it perfectly. There's no disrespect to them, but also there was no real indication that this was happening tonight. And it felt basically like the same thing we saw last night or last week. Uh, in fact, it did. Kane was... Pyro showed up again and took out Reggie. Just they uh, moved the Pyro to a different area. Yeah, I'm telling you, Kane's coming back, baby. This is this is what's this Kane is versus Reggie. This is what the matches they're building towards. Uh, has nothing to do with Alexa Bliss. I think it's all Kane here. Um, so it looks like I feel like they've been teasing that Shayna Baszler doesn't like Nia Jax and is and that Nia Jax isn't focused enough for about a hundred years. Uh, but they did it again. Now, now Shayna Baszler is going to have a match with Reggie next week. Um, Justin, we'll let you start off. Uh, it looks like this is probably Alexa Bliss getting involved in some way. Um, match with Shayna Baszler and Reggie next week. Lots to unpack there, but I'll just let you have at it. Yeah, the, uh, a disappointment. Like you guys said, I did the same thing. I was like, all right, so this is our main event. So either Alexa needs to appear and we need to like kind of get some clarity and answers on what she's kind of teasing. Or just before we got back to the start of the match, they showed us the new Evolution promo. So I was like, does Eva show? Like, this was anticlimactic. We ended with Shayna Baszler in a very forced unnatural screaming not mic'd you know not with a microphone but just you know picking up the natural sound of like you cost me my match again like it just this this was just such a lame ending yeah i mean okay the pyro yeah like you said jack the pyro in a different place i i don't know again this this goes back to the theme of what we said tonight holding pattern until we get to uh, july 16th it just feels like this is just a holding pattern. Yeah, I I mean, when I saw that this was the last match, my first thought was, okay, something big is happening at the end, like Fiend is coming back, or as you mentioned, uh, Eva's showing up to do something, or something was good, like someone's going to walk out, and we were all going to go, oh, that's the end. But the end came, and it felt very first or, or beginning of third hour moment, you know, not uh, not a not a finale. Uh, Bid Moon sends through a super chat saying, asking, how bad is Naya? Great podcast. Cheers. Uh, Raj, I'll let you take that one. (laughs) (laughs) I just think, uh, look, I mean, Naya's got, she's, uh, she has a presence. And, um, you know, she's just, she's different. She's not. She's not like most girls. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I I I like that. I'm just uh, the Shayna Voodoo stuff uh, with Alexa Bliss, and and I, I I do feel bad for Alexa Bliss right now. For, in real life, she was uh, dealing with an emergency with a pet. Uh, she has a pet oh. pig, and she was trying to find a vet. You know, trying to find someone that could, and she was saying none of the vets would take her, uh, would take the pig, and uh, it's pretty hard for her today. So she posted it all on her Instagram story, but yeah, I think that's why she wasn't there. Well, that's too bad to hear. Anyone who has a pet knows that's no fun to yeah. to have to deal with. But um, who, is, who in the office had to relay it to Vince? <laughs> Alexa's not here for the pre-tape. The pig's sick. <laughs> oh uh, my god, yeah, that, that would, would be not a tough be a one. Fun. You that just would... say the pet, a pet. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, that would not be a fun. Uh, I feel like that. I would definitely ask someone else. Like they would say, "Hey, Jack, can you tell Vince this?" I make sure, no problem. Then I'd go find someone else. Make, hey, someone told you to tell Vince this, and then I would have someone else do it. I wouldn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, kind of anticlimactic. I feel like there's multiple things they could have done instead to end the show, but that's what it was. The end of the show. Um, I guess with that. Uh, we're going to be back next week on, on <laughs> Memorial Day Monday. Which, by the way... I'm having a picnic in the afternoon. <laughs> and I have to do the picnic, enjoy myself, and I have to go, oh, damn it, i got to watch Raw. Yeah. Memorial Day, even as positive as I am, typically not the best Raws come out of Memorial Day uh, yeah, weekends. It's a so... Yeah. so if it isn't a throwaway already... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that Shayna Baszler versus Reginald has been announced kind of shows you what's coming up. That is interesting. They they teased both a rematch from this week that we saw for 40 minutes already and Shayna versus Reggie as the reasons to tune in next week. Interesting. Spirited choice. Spirited choice to, to do. Um, but, hey, we also saw, I guess, some quick... It, previews from wrestlers saying they're excited to see people back in action i actually like these little videos like this will be the last thing uh i actually like these little videos of like uh john morrison saying he can't wait to see fans and damian priest it felt very like old school saturday morning uh wrestling the way they were doing them uh any thoughts on those or just excited to see fans back because i am it did remind me of this the saturday morning wrestling for sure um yeah you know um it's the first time you've seen like wrestlers promoting a certain market, which mm -hmm. was interesting, which I haven't seen in forever, ever on WWF. I mean, usually they cut away to local, uh, your local promotion, but not on national TV. They're promoting, you know, raw in a certain city uh, with the wrestlers on camera. So it was, it was, it was different. It was cool. I mean, priest made sense. You know, you, you're, you're starting the tour in Texas. So like, you know, he's, he's a hot, up and coming babyface. He's speaking Spanish, so like I thought there was, you know, and there's a, obviously a, you know, a large Spanish-speaking contingent in Texas, so like that made sense. But yeah, I mean the the Dana and uh, yeah. uh, Mandy, yeah, and and the Johnny Drip Drip, I, they 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 felt kind of forced. But Damien's kind of worked. I don't. Know, I thought his was the first one that we saw. Kind of made sense because he's like the most like legitimate building star they have right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Johnny Drip Drip sounds and acts a little bit like a guy playing a, a, a wrestler on TV. Um, if that makes sense, I mean, he is playing a wrestler. I, you know what I mean? I feel like if you were watching a TV show and someone was portraying a wrestler on the show, that's what he would act like. But uh, if if that makes sense, because he's super talented. So yeah, <laughs> I, I, get, I get what you mean. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that does it for us. Um, any other final thoughts before we close off? No, I think that did. That's it. That that does it then for us. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening in, whether you're on YouTube or iTunes or any of the other ways that you guys follow us. We appreciate it. Thanks to everyone in the chat. Again, if you could do us a huge favor, hit the like button, leave a comment, subscribe, and of course, share with your friends. Uh, I'm Jack Farmer. That's Justin. That's Raj. This has been Wrestling Inc., 
And we'll see you guys. I guess we'll see you tomorrow for the NXT after show. And also no, uh, no AEW. Uh, there's no AEW on Wednesday. So we will not have a AEW dynamite podcast on Wednesday, yep. but we will be back uh, fr- Friday um, after SmackDown and Sunday after AEW double or nothing. Yes. So we will see you guys there. Uh, and until then, have a good one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.